podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Do not get worried, it is a Thursday. My name's Kevin Graham, and as usual on a on a Thursday, Axon welcome JP Mason. JP, yeah. what's happening today? Uh, well, doing this and then off to work after it for the first of uh, five five nights of work in a row. Um, no football to worry about anymore, which is weird to not have a game at the weekend and be planning my life around that, but... Um, no, it's, uh, it's been football and music since we've come back to reality and for the next couple of months it'll just be music. Um, Aye, d- d- who's on the night? Who, who are you uh, working the night? Just... Surfbort. Surfbort. Punk band. Uh, I think they're American, probably an American. And uh, they've got Tony Hawk, the skater, in their latest video. So wow. uh, Random. I, I, I don't really know too much more about them, but... Supported by a band called Witch Fever, who uh, again, again, kind of punk rock. So if you if that's your bag, come down to King Touch tonight. There's still tickets available. Absolutely fantastic names. I love the band names. They've put a lot of thought into the band names. I love that, and they have got a kind of punk connotation when you actually when you actually do uh, when you actually do say that. Anybody in the comments? Anybody listening? Go and check them out, and maybe you'll find yourself doing it King Touch tonight. JP. As usual, I'm worried. I worry about local things and I worry about things all the time, eh? Really, really worried. And I'm worried about my local shops. And you'll be in your local shops as well. Because basically, last last year, they sell some amount of fireworks for gullible fans to set off in the daylight. Mm. And they haven't had that trade next year, this year. So... Well- you say what, that. Are we going, what are we going to do to save our local shops? I don't know, man. I, I saw quite a lot of fireworks being set off, set off outside Celtic Park the night uh, we, we drew at Tanadice. I was back at Celtic Park that night and uh, it was <laughs> it was like the 4th of July. Um, so they've they, they done all right, but maybe not as all right as last year because 
last year was just kind of ridiculous. Like you say, fireworks going off in the day, the daytime was a bit mental. But um, I no, I mean, I'm sure they'll get by um, with what they've sold this year, and uh, they better be stockpiling hopefully for next year as well. Aye, aye. I mean, I must admit, in the People's Republic of Stirling, about 11 o'clock last Wednesday night, there was a lone firework display up the, up the top of Colton Hove, a place in, in, in Stirling, eh? And I reckon the guys who were, the guys or the girls that were setting off those fireworks were probably wearing that top that is sitting behind your shoulder. But yeah, it's just not like, a yeah, it's just not a random bam up. You no. have got a, you have got a link to uh, um, Frankfurt. I, I mean, I've, I've I've been to Frankfurt a couple of times. Uh, spent some time there a few years ago. Never made it to a game, but uh, yeah, I've always had a a, a a loose affinity with with Eintracht Frankfurt, and uh, I was certainly strengthened last week. And uh, let's not kid ourselves on. If it was the other way around, <laughs> there would be there would be Eintracht Frankfurt tops. Behind uh, behind other uh, podcasts of a certain persuasion, so uh, yeah, I'm not going to de- deny that I took great delight in their victory last week, and uh, yeah, it's, it's part and parcel of being a rival fan, isn't it? As 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 long as it only stays uh, as that banter and doesn't yeah. get too serious, and we all keep well hydrated, <laughs> but like. Last night, I watched the Conference League final last night, and I'm going to ask you this question. I mean, were you jealous of Roma and Frankfurt last week uh, winning a a European trophy? And when you watch Jose Mourinho walking about that park last night, holding up his five five fingers to say that he's won five European trophies with four different clubs, there's only one player ever scored against a Jose Mourinho team in a final and we can all guess who that was they didn't seem that bothered the celebrations in Rome didn't seem that bothered that it was meant to be a third rate competition were you in any way whatsoever jealous of Frankfurt and uh, Roma especially Roma Roma. we ended up in that competition and and there was a lot of people turned their nose up at that competition. No, Didn't they seem that way last night for Roma to celebrate the first ever European trophy? Not, not at all. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a it's a trophy that, whilst it not, might not be the pinnacle of European football, it's still a, a, a tournament where you, if you get to the final and you win it, you've beaten you know some decent teams to get there. And you know, fair enough, Roma haven't beaten the cream. The cream of the crop to get to to the final. They lost to Bodo Glimt heavily in the group stages, and then and then subsequently beat them in the in the knockouts. So you know it's having been at a European final and actually been there to witness Celtic lose in Seville. The, the feeling that you have when you're there is is, you, is I can't really describe it. You know, I remember that day and night really really well, and and remember how. Gutted I was um, when we when we were walking out of the ground, having lost. You know, I mean, I think when we went down to ten men, it kind of seemed like the writing was on the wall that it was going to be the case. But when you've experienced the dejection of losing a final, and at that stage, I think the UEFA Cup was probably 
a, a loftier trophy than it is now. I think the way that they've redesigned it has probably made it less so, given you know some of the teams that have made it there to to the final, some of the teams that have won it. Um, I wouldn't exactly call Eintracht Frankfurt, despite the fact that I've got a shirt over my shoulder. I wouldn't call them a European superpower. Do you know what I mean? So, but um, in the in in the last three seasons, JP, they've got to a semi final and a final, and obviously they've won a final. Eh? So yeah. they're on they're on a bit of an upturn. Whether we like it or not, Rangers over the last four seasons have actually progressed in Europe as well. And, oh, and, and, and we can't we can't argue with that fact. But what you're saying here, there about leaving Seville—that's one of the worst walks I've ever had mm. out a stadium. It was surpassed by Black by Black Sunday at Motherwell. Mm. But that that walk that walk out the stadium Seville was absolutely horrible, and I wouldn't have wished it on anybody whatsoever. Well, it was all right last week, actually. I was quite glad that other folk were feeling the exact same as what I was feeling that, that I felt in 2003. But I wasn't jealous of the Rangers fans or the Feyenoord fans. I'm jealous of the Frankfurt fans and the Roma fans who have actually True. went near and won. True. I don't and, think I could take a second dose of, of getting beaten in a final. I, I think I think when Rangers got there in 2008, I think they probably thought, well, this is our one shot at this in our lifetimes. We're probably not going to see this again. And then, you know, lo and behold, they did. And then they got beat again. So to have two... So there's a generation of, of fans that have experienced two defeats in a European final, which, I mean, you know, rivalry aside, that is hard to take as, as, a, as a football fan, just a football fan, full stop, to lose on that stage when you're that close to picking up a prize. I mean, let's not make any bones about it. If they'd won that, we'd never have heard the end of it for the rest of our lives. No, it was relief. It was absolute and, relief more than anything that we can still talk about our civil experience. Yeah. And we do not have to put up with what I called it a couple of weeks ago, the utter nonsense that the press absolutely tried to start before they had even got there, eh? Um, and that's it. We can talk about we can talk about it as well and we can have a look at it. I actually think we can have a look at it more rationally now, that the fact that they never won it. Mm. Well, I think, yeah, I think looking at it, the way that the game went, I mean, you think about that chance towards the end with Ryan Kent, that that, that was that was game set and match at that point if they did, if they scored that. But what a save from from Trap, the keeper, and then you know, I know it penalties is a lottery, but I mean Eintracht Frankfurt's penalties. No, no more, I, I'm, I'm not having no. I'm not having that. Penalties is not a lottery. Penalties is no, ah, it's luck, it's a lot of, no. If you go and do your job well, you'll score a penalty. Aaron Ramsey failed to do his job. The five the five Frankfurt guys done their job. Probably. It's, it's not a lottery, sure. it's not a lottery. I mean, it's no surprise that of, all, of the five players that stepped up to take penalties, a guy who's barely made a mark on, on the club since he signed after such a huge fanfare. I mean, all we heard in January was the greatest signing since Gascoigne on these shores and, you know, this has really put, you know, Rangers on the map and put Scottish football on the map. And anybody that knows me at that time, I said, I do not believe this will be a successful signing for, for Rangers. I said he'd score four goals, he scored two. 
and his his contribution. All you needed to do was look at the guy's injury record in the previous couple of years. He barely played games back to back. So when you send a guy like that up to take a penalty, whose confidence isn't what it should be, and then he, I mean, it's, it's, it's no real surprise that he missed. But just going on back to the Arsenal trip. See, when I was there, it was exactly the same with the conditions and stuff like that. There was, there was the no. Well, I couldn't get water. I didn't drink. I didn't drink or eat anything in the ground. I met my mate Michael outside the ground, who'd bought a carry out and he had a bag of cans, and he gave me a can, and that is the only uh, drink that I had in Seville while I was there. Bear in mind, I was only there, you know, from five o'clock till midnight, and then I was away, so I didn't get you know to spend time in the city or anything like that. But yeah, there was nothing. The the, the inside the ground was a, an absolute riot. I think the only thing I got inside the ground was a program. My mate got me a program from a from a from a kiosk that was specifically selling programs, and that was it. So I mean, you're talking like nearly twenty years later, and a final in a like boiling hot country is still the same. So I, I don't understand why there's been such a fuss kicked up about it because we experienced the exact same thing. Um, and just... In the stadium, and and well, in the stadium as well as you say, I can't really. But I, I was in the stadium, but I never went to get water or that in the stadium. I mm. made the decision on the day of the game really not to drink a lot of alcohol because I wanted to remember the game. Yeah, and I I, yeah. I kept myself hydrated during the day, like yeah. the water and, and that age. Eh? So I probably wasn't needing as much. What was, what was your Seville story? What, where, how did you do it? Like, did you stay for a couple of days? Or we, we stayed in Bel, Bel Medina. We, we, we stayed in Bel Medina from the Tuesday to the, the Friday. Um, we um, we flew back into Heathrow on the on the Friday afternoon and drove up, hired a car and drove back up the road on like a bank holiday weekend and... We got stuck outside Birmingham for five hours in a car, and, it, and I was nearly Michael Douglas. I was <laughs> nearly down. Michael and falling down. I sitting outside Birmingham for six hours, man. <laughs> did you make Did you make Rugby Park on the Sunday? No, I didn't I, have a ticket for. I didn't have a ticket for Rugby Park on the Sunday. No, I did. That was a that was a hard day. That was a hard day to take. You know, especially on hot in the heels of being in Seville and then going to Rugby Park and. Winning four 0 but still losing the league was that was that was a tough one. I I'd, I actually find that potentially tougher than the Motherwell game, just purely because it was so much in one week. You know, I was an absolute emotional wreck on that bus back from. You've got that. you've got the Motherwell game, then the cup final, and no matter how much we want to try and dress that up, that cup final against Dundee United was terrible. That was one of the worst cup finals that I've ever been at. It was flat, and when Martin announced that he was leaving as well, and the game wasn't up to much, eh? it doesn't matter how much we dress it up. It's not a cup final that we talk about at any point, JP. No, and I, I know I know exactly where I was for that cup final. I was in Birmingham to see Neil Diamond live. <laughs> a Neil Diamond. I I know. I mean, I know. I know it's not the coolest person to say you like, but. Um, been a huge Neil Diamond fan for a long time so what I would urge is please stop ruining Neil Diamond's uh, songs, I mean I, I, it's getting to the point where I can't listen to Sweet Caroline anymore for obvious reasons and now they're saying it's going to be used for the Queen's Jubilee or something like that I'm like, just choose any other song just leave Neil Diamond alone 
Did he write Sweet Caroline? Aye, aye. Yeah. Did, did he write Sweet Caroline? Oh, Neil Diamond's, Neil Diamond's a one-man hit factory. He wrote, uh, I'm a believer, girl, you'll be a woman soon, uh, red, red wine. Like I can't about red, red wine. I can't hear written that, aye. Yeah, he's... he's, he's I didn't he's care about I'm a believer. Didn't they know that? Yeah, yeah. Hip factory, Neil Diamond. But yeah, so I, I, I remember watching that game in the pub in Birmingham, in an Irish bar in Birmingham, um, and being quite disinterested and not being that gutted that I'd missed it, to be honest. Um, apart from the fact that it was Martin O'Neill's last... It was Martin O'Neill's last game, wasn't it? It was, aye. Yeah. Aye. But, I mean, you'd had, enough, you'd had enough highs with Martin O'Neill, like, really ridiculous highs in the Martin O'Neill sort of era that, you know, I, I myself, having seen most of them in person, I could kind of... I could let that one slide, that, that, that Scottish Cup final. David Bradley comes in to back you up, JP. Another, <laughs> another Neil Diamond fan in, in the comments. Uh, let's let's have a wee look at the comments. Paul Andrew Martin agrees with me. This lottery SHIT does my nothing. It's a free shot on goal on challenge. I think I think the fact they say it's a lottery is a myth. I really do think it's a myth. If you're professional enough at your job, at your job, either you score or if the keeper's professional. Professional enough at their job, they save it. And I think when you look at the Frankfurt penalties, it's um, you actually see five guys that turned up and absolutely do their job. And, and so did the other Rangers players, though. The other four yeah. Rangers penalties were really good as well. <laughs> like proper, like Stephen Davis's penalty was like top bin. I'm pretty sure if I remember rightly. And so, yeah, I, I, like I said, you had one guy whose confidence probably wasn't anywhere near the levels of the other players in that team and probably you saw the way he was kind of um, a bit kind of shy to celebrate the Scottish Cup. I don't think he really feels like he's part of that dressing room just from the outside looking in. So when you've got a guy going up with that weight of responsibility to take a penalty in that level of game um, and if you're, not, if you're not properly you know, indoctrinated into the team in the dressing room then there's going to be a, a, a far higher chance that you're going to miss that penalty. Um. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. Although I wouldn't have put my, I wouldn't have put my house on it right enough, but I, I certainly didn't didn't feel as confident for him as he stood, stood up to take a pen as the rest of them. But The, the, the last comment that we are, we are going to talk about them, the last thing I'm going to mention is Aaron Ramsey has now replaced the super furry animals as my favourite Welshman. That's it. Howard Marks for me, he's always Howard Marks. He's a cool cool Welshman as well. Very, very cool. We had him at Electric Circus, and uh, he was like, it was him and uh, John Sinclair. John Sinclair wrote that tune, uh, Breathing Air. Honestly, Lennon, John Lennon wrote a tune called Breathing Air for John Sinclair, and it was because John Sinclair got done for marijuana possession, and there was a big deal about it in the States. And uh, Lennon wrote a song about him, and then so him and Howard Marks did this night at the Electric Circus, and we promoted it, and it 
just to meet the guy, you know, and like, I'd read his book before that, so I knew what his, I knew what his sort of past was, and then you're, I'm sitting in the dressing room talking to him and stuff like that. It was absolutely amazing. So I, Howard Marks is, is I. There you go, Mister Nice Guy. Mister Nice Guy. Yeah, Mr. Nice Guy. If you've not read his book, by the way, a hundred percent one of the most fascinating stories you'll ever read about Mister Nice. Obviously, got made into a film with Risa fans and. Um, it's 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 worth a it's worth a watch. Xander Bloy welcome Xander. I, I think Xander's still in Iraq, maybe or he's back home now. The penalties are part of football. Some you win, some you lose. Lose. Third Ferguson, Neil Diamond is okay, but I prefer Kenny Rogers. Uh, Jerry McCann, Neil Diamond is amazing, and Acrobat. Holy moly, JP, Neil Diamond, I would never have guessed that. You're not as cool <laughs> as I thought. Uh, Stephen Ray, let, let's get this back on to Celtic. The UEFA Champions League is great to be in. However, very few clubs can win it these days. The Europa League and uh, Europa Conference League are realistic goals for clubs like Celtic, and I would like to see more European trophies in our cabinet. I want to get to another final, JP, but I want to win it. That's that. That is my that that is my goal. Uh, that's what I want to see for Celtic going into the Champions League next season. We, I, I'm, it doesn't matter what happens during the summer for me. I don't think we're a Champions League side. I, I do not think we're a Champions League side. I think getting out the group going to be really really tough. And this part of me hopes that we drop into the knockout stages of the Europa League and hopefully they can pop a decent fist in there. But really, at this precise moment in time, I'm fearing your Champions League campaign. Well, I mean, you've got, you've got to look at how last season went uh, and the, the performance in Europa League and then subsequently the, the Conference League. You, you couldn't possibly say, despite what you might be excited about with in terms of the way that the squad's developed and the team's developed, there's no way you could look at if you looked at the cold hard facts, if you were Alan Morrison and you were looking at the cold hard facts of Europe last season, there's no way you could suddenly say, "Oh well, we're going to we're going to make a fist of it in the Champions League and we'll be taking taking names and stuff like that in the Champions League." That's no way that's happening. You know, it, it's going to depend on the draw and the, looking at the pots. You're just like, I mean, it, it could be really really unkind as it has been to us. Excuse me. Several times in the past, we've we've had some horrendous draws in the Champions League. Um, when you you know you look at you look at our our group, and then you look at other groups, and you go, God, why couldn't we have been in that group? We would have maybe stood a chance, you know, of of doing something. But when you're going up against you know PSGs and you know Barcelona at the time, you know, were were way ahead of anybody. I mean, how we got that victory, I will never know. In 2012, that's Still, one of the the great anomalies of modern day football that we managed to do that. Um, but yeah, we've we've come up against really really tough teams and rarely had it easy at that level. And then obviously, as has been shown, we've struggled to even qualify for the thing. You know, through the through the qualifiers. So those are those are massive obstacles for us as well. But I, despite that, I do think that we have a team that will at least try to do something. I don't think we're I don't think we're so bad that we're gonna I, I can't see us getting horsed 
seven nil, six nil, all that. I, I don't. I, maybe that's crazy to think that, but I just I can't I can't see it under Ange Postecoglou. Um, I think I think we'll I think we'll give a, a good account of ourselves, but I don't think that'll be good enough to you know top a group or finish second or anything like that. Look. We can't go into it and no say that we're no go- that we're not going to give it a go. We can't go on into it and no say we've got to try to get the positive. So that's we've, we've got to try and enjoy this. I says to Paul yesterday, "There's no money in that team got Champions League experience, and there isn't. Mm-hmm. Even Cal McGregor's experience is more Europa League and stuff, something like that. Mm-hmm. And we are going up a level, which is maybe just a season too soon." In the Ange Postecoglou way, and th- and that brings me to the summer. I mean, what are you actually expecting this summer? I mean, uh, right, we've won the league. We won the league against a really really strong opponent, and that that for me gives this title more weight actually. Mm. And uh, and I, I was thinking about this like, for me, I'll ask you the question: What emotional weight does this title hold you? What emotional what, sorry? Wait. Like, does it like for me, this is a really individual title, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, I think I've just this is a really individual and really individual title because it wasn't going for something else. It wasn't a part of a treble, it wasn't a part of going for ten in a row. Mm-hmm. It was very unexpected and we had we were up against one of the best Rangers teams ever in their history, or in their history, their best team in their history. It got to a European final, and for me, that holds this title holds mere emotional weight because of all those factors. It's very, very special because of all those factors. It rates as one of the greatest titles that I've seen. Uh, absolutely, probably, I would rank it as being uh, the most enjoyable. Season I think I've had following Celtic. This, the only one that I would say more so was Martin O'Neill's first season, um, the the treble, the treble season, because I was at every single game, home and away, you know, league and cup, not European, but um, every single domestic game, and felt really part of that incredible, incredible comeback. Like you know, from the season previous where we'd completely capitulated the Barnes thing was a disaster you know the signings had been a disaster under Barnes in the main um, you know Raphael Scheidt being the poster boy for that particular transfer uh, uh, window and then so like this season everybody wrote us off at the start nobody gave us a chance the the, the, the gloating and the you know uh, sort of uh Showboating from the other side was 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 unheard of. It was it was I'd never seen anything like that. You know, it, it, I, I couldn't remember anything as, as as bad as that. So to win the title this season in the way that we did it, and this, the way that the signings came in, and and I'll touch on that because I know it's just a random guy on Twitter who happens to be a Hibs fan, but this guy tweeted yesterday saying, "Oh." Big Wowie, Ange Postecoglou had 20, well, 30 million, I think, was the number he used to spend and to win the league. Of course he's going to win the league. And it's just like, that is the lamest and weakest argument I think I've ever heard, given that he actually sold players of a value, i.e. Ayer, Edward, Christie, 
and you know made the most of the squad that he had as well, i.e. Ralston, McGregor, Turnbull, you know, got, got a tune out of guys that were already there and then prudently spent money on players that he trusted and was able to integrate into his squad, which is what a good manager does. So to to, to discredit Ange Postacoglu's title win because he spent, you know, what, four million on Starfelt, four million on... Um, uh, Furuhashi, those guys could easily not have, have settled or fitted into the squad and become outcasts in the same way that Barkas has, in the same way that Ayeti has. And you go back further, there's other examples of Celtic managers who've come in and spent money and not not you know not been able to do the business. Tony Mowbray been Tony Mowbray been one of them. Uh... Exactly. So it's the, you can't just go, oh well. You spend money, you should win the league. It doesn't work like that, you know. As 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 Rangers found out many years ago when they were hosing millions, and then you know Martin the, came. If if you look at the Chris Boyd argument and that Hibs fan argument, I mean that Hibs fan argument, and it's the same way any team that goes, "I you bought the league." Well, you have a look at the teams that have back pocketed us in Europe with similar budgets to your Hibs, your Hearts, and your Aberdeens. Mm-hmm. Your Copenhagen's, your Bodo Glunt's. Copenhagen and, and Bodo Glunt would come into the SPA, would, would come into the, the, the Premiership and would compete to win the Premiership. Mm-hmm. They would. Any team that we've been put out of in, in Europe, your Malmo's, teams like that, if you dropped them into the Scottish Premiership, they would compete to win that league. Mm-hmm. They're not finishing a distant third. They're not finishing a distant fourth like these teams. So, any all these wee diddy teams that come in, have a look at yourselves. Have a look at these clubs on the budget. How can they? How can they compete on a European level and also beat Celtic? Beat, I'm only got top for a Celtic point of view. Beat us quite regularly, home and away, and news mm. can't it. Have a look in your own back garden. Then he comment about the mess and somebody else's. Eh? No, I mean, I mean uh, the previous. Also, the pre- al- also the Chris Boy thing with does does back the 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 debt right. We spent twenty-three million pounds, but we brought in like was it thirty odds or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, there was a ten million pound deficit, right? It's no as if we spent twenty-four million pounds and we're sitting here at the end of the season, twenty-four million pounds in debt. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't an absolute hail mary, like throwing all this money at players. It was. It was clearly as much as you can slag the board, and obviously we have slagged the board. They've been financially prudent, you know, with with mm-hmm. with how they've with how they've done it. I mean, I would argue that some of those players that wanted to leave should have left the season beforehand, and then they should have, you know, made the 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 good the, the good recruitment that they did last summer, the previous summer. But we we kept them on, and we saw what that did to our title challenge in season twenty twenty one. It was a disaster because you had. As Neil Lennon openly admitted, you have I've got players in there that don't want to be here, and why you know you're not trying to tell me that anybody in the Celtic dressing room this season didn't want to be there. You know, there was, I would be astonished if Ange Postecoglou was asked under oath, "Is there any players in your dressing room that don't want to be there?" And he said yes, because it it certainly didn't seem that way to me. And you look at the camaraderie, and you look at the way that. Um, players are, you know, with each other and you see like and recently, you know, like say 
Starfelt and Carter Vickers and Jota and Stephen Welsh going on holiday together. And, you know, he's really, really, that, that, that's all new players that didn't know each other a year ago, do you know? And, 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 even, and even some of the players meeting up with Shane Duffy as well. I see that. Was that in Dubai? Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't Ken. I, I was too blinded by the horrific shirts <laughs> to, to actually notice where it was. Aye, it did look like a fam video or something like that. It was. It was pretty funny. But no, look, I, I, I still, I feel bad for Shane Duffy. He came. It was the the wrong guy in the wrong film at the wrong time. You know, and as as, as he's proved this season, the team that he plays for finished what ninth in the Premier League mm-hmm. in the English Premier League. So you know. And he's contributed to that, so you can't say that he's that bad a player. I just think his confidence got knocked early on and he never recovered. And he was playing in a team, again, he was playing with players that didn't want to be there, which is not a good It's not a good influence in the dressing room. Never, it never has been and it never will be. No, no, definitely not. I often wonder when you see the series pictures, especially the ones the week before with Yota, Carter Vickers and Anthony Ralston and Stephen Welsh and Ibiza, and you see Celtic fans going, oh, I hope they're all sitting next to the pool and they're trying to get Yota and Carter Vickers to sign. And I wonder, I was thinking to myself, going, what do they actually discuss round about the pool? It's not going to be telling them why you should come and play with us. There's probably more baller trying to get a picture with Wayne Winnick or in some beach club or something like that. They're not going to be... Stephen Welsh is not going to be going to Yota. You need to sign for us, mate. You're going to need to stay. You're going to need to stay. That's not a conversation they're going to be having round about a pill. Well, probably not. But, I mean, the, the noises with regards to the, the, the strap line, the, the noises are certainly encouraging that you know every day you're getting more and more so-called people in the know um saying Jota's Jota's staying it's done you know putting up wee Portuguese flags with like a thumbs up and all that and and you're like you look at someone's profile that does that and you're like who are you to be saying that like what how do you know that like you're putting up a, a fairly strong indication that you know for a fact that this guy's staying and then, of course, there's the newspaper headlines as well, saying that he's staying. And Carter Vickers, the talks are uh, talks are, are are underway or are ongoing. You know, we just have to wait and see on both of them. But I mean, if we can keep a hold of both of them, that, that's that is absolutely massive, absolutely massive. I mean, I I said at one point that um, Carter Vickers would be my choice if I was given, you know, one of the two, but. You know, when you hear, when you start hearing the noises that Jota wants to stay, you're kind of, all right, okay, well, be greedy and give us both of them then, because it just it just saves us going having having to go out and and having to find somebody else to integrate in that position. Because, I mean, not to make you know mad comparisons, but you see that the bond that is still there with the Lisbon Lions, you see that bond that they have you know, so many years later, and you want that bond in a Celtic dressing room in, in present day that, you know, the, the people know that they've got each other's backs in the park and stuff like that. You know, it really goes such a long way when you're when you're trying to dig out a result away to Dingwall, away to Ross County or something like that. You want you want guys that are gonna burst their gut to to get that goal in injury time or or, you know, make that long burst and run at the end of the game. And 
the more the closer the players are, then the more likely that is to happen. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It is, and I think Ange Postacoglu actually says that the dressing room takes care of itself. He doesn't really get too involved in that. There's there's enough leaders in that, and you can actually see, know that all of a sudden we all become like body body language experts. Mm. And you see, oh, he's no trying, that one's no trying. But there was, we have heard enough and we have seen enough that there was a number of players that wanted to leave and put, and what became Neil Lennon's last season. And I think you see the difference now. You have got players that want to want to be there. I think as well, see, when you get to this time of year as well, eh, I mean, we've got the internationals coming up. We've got players away on holiday. You see you see their holiday picks and all of that now, and they're coming back for international duty. If we are going to sign Jota and Cameron Carter-Vickers, nothing will get announced until we come back for pre-season training. These, these 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 boys, I think they're all due back in on June the 10th. I know mm-hmm. Ange Postacoglu's back in on June the 10th. Mm-hmm. Nothing will get nothing will get announced until everybody's back at Lennox time. I, I don't mm-hmm. think so. Either. I think we're going to be kicking our heels for another three weeks yet, wondering mm-hmm. what's going to go on. Uh, this is just the way football works at this point. It's the same way all the players that we're getting linked with. It's all pinch of salt stuff. Nothing's going to happen. Guys, seasons are ending and they're going away on holiday. They're going to do stuff with their families and they're not going to think about doing anything else until their contracts end on the 30th of June mm. or they come back for pre-season training. That is just the way it is. This is just like the dead zone that we're going to get because of the international games and people coming back for pre-season. And you're just going to get papers and fan media making up rubbish. Well, with regards to people going, I mean... I watched uh, the celebrations on the 14th against uh, Motherwell and, you know, Julian did cut a fairly, you know, um, not dejected, but it was just a bit disconnected to, to everybody, which is understandable considering that he didn't contribute to the success 
you know, that we enjoyed because he didn't play. And apparently he's been fit since January. I, th- I think that was that in an, an article that he said that. Um, mm-hmm. That he's been fit since January and, you know, he can't really have any argument with not getting a game ahead of Car- Carl uh, Starfelt and uh, Carl Vickers because look at their defensive record this season. There's no way you could have expected him to just waltz back into the team and take his jersey. Um, so, I don't know, it'll be up to be up to him whether or not he wants to stay and fight or if he does want to want to go. But such a big outlay on him, what, three years ago we signed him? Mm-hmm. Three, three seasons? So, I don't know what length of contract he signed, but... I mean, if, was it, surely it wasn't a five-year deal. Maybe it was. No, he's in, he's in his last year now. He's he? in his last year this year. So okay. if if we're going to get rid of him, it's this summer that we've mm. got to cash in on him. I mean, that is a question. I mean, has Ange Postacoglu ba- badly managed Julian or has Julian badly managed himself? Well, uh, I mean, there's, uh, I mean, Postacoglu hasn't got much wrong so far, has he, in terms of the way that he's managed players and brought players back into the fold, i.e. Anthony Ralston. You know, Ralston was a goner last summer. For most of us, we would have been fine with him leaving. And then he turns in one of the, well, his best season in a Celtic jersey, one of the best seasons I've seen from a Scottish Celtic player for a long, long time, you know, in terms of, not just in terms of like the goals that he scored. Obviously, he scored crucial goals. You know, not just the the, the Ross County one. There was the the Hibs one as well. Um, I'm sure there was there was a few others. Did not score about four or five, and then the assists as well. He's assisted Dundee um, when he left Charlie Adam on the deck. Um, you know, there was it, it, it just his all round performance was 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 great. So Postecoglou has got. You know, evidence there, a body of evidence there to show that, you know, if you're willing to work and and put the hard yards in, then you know you'll be in his team. So you just have to then question whether Julian, coming back from his injury, has shown that same desire, that same hunger, or if he, or if he's not. And you know, I, I I would be has Julian had a chance? So I mean, of course he hasn't had a chance, but how could you possibly? sacrifice your defence at such a crucial time in the season. Like, every game, as Ange Postecoglou pointed out, every game was important. Every time he got asked in a presser before, you know, like, say, the Rangers game, he was like, yeah, this game's important, but so's next week and so's the week after because they're all huge games and we Mm -hmm. have to win them all. We have to be near perfect. So why would he risk his near perfect record to accommodate a guy out of what loyalty because he's been there prior to the, this season, I don't think so. It's something that always struck me uh, about Julian, and and it was to do with the signing of Cameron Carter Vickers. Basically, if they believed that Julian was going to come back, I don't think we would have signed Cameron Carter Vickers. I don't think we would have laid out on the wages and the the loan fee for Cameron Carter Vickers. When people say, has Julian had a chance, I tend to agree with Lisboa 67 on this. I don't mm-hmm. think Ange has much time for Julian, not his player. And I'm wondering, 
if something's happened in that period before we bring in Cameron Carter, Vickers had to go with Welsh and beat on that's made Ange Postacoglu's mind up on Christopher Julian um, previously before he actually came back. Because, mm. as you say, it's a £7 million centre-half that we've got sitting there. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a lot of money for mm. Celtic. And I'm just yeah, wondering if there's something else. I mean, we know how this board work. And if Julian was three weeks away from fitness, right? And we were told that at the start, it says, oh, he'll be back by the end of August. Mm. Then you bring in Cameron Carter-Vickers right on the last day. I wonder if there's something happened. I wonder if there's something happened there. I, I really yeah. do wonder if there's something which when and that's that was when Julian's bridges were burnt. Well, I mean, you say that, but then he did get brought on in that game against was it Wraith Rovers in the cup. So I always think, why would someone get any game time at all if they were, you know, you know, surplus to requirements or so far out of the picture? Was that like a test to see if he could actually still play? You know, I mean, when you saw the game where he played in, uh, was it the B team game? And mm-hmm. he looked like, you know, Land of the, he was in Land of the Giants or something like that, you know, because it was just like everybody around him was about half half his, half his height. It looked really odd. And, you know, you wonder why was he played in that game? Was it because we were worried we were going to need him for the first team? Or was it was that a kind of like, this is where you're at? In the, in the Celtic pecking order that, you know, I'm, I'm playing you with the boys, basically. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a big problem with Julian. Like, I, I would I'd like to see him stay if possible, but only if he wants to, only if there's that desire there. I don't... I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't either, but he's in the last year of his contract, he's on big money. It looks like he's nowhere near... Mm. The squad. When you, you look towards the tail end of last season, one of the quotes with Poster Coglu was, I feel sorry for Stephen Melsh. He's never let me down, but I do not rotate the centre-halves as much as I do ev- ev- anywhere else. Mm. He never mentioned Julian. It was Stephen mm. Melsh. Stephen Melsh has never let me down when I've actually called on him. Eh? And I well, thought that was a bit telling. I did think that was telling that yeah. it, it, there wasn't... I. Julian hasn't had a chance because two centre-halves have, have done great, blah, blah, blah. It was Stephen Welsh he was talking about. And, I, and I, as you say, Carter Vickers was last, last minute. Mm. Last I, minute. Like, went to bed that night and then thinking that was us done and then you wake up in the morning and we've we've signed Carter Vickers. I mean, we had been linked with him. It, hadn't, it wasn't completely out of the blue, but it was still quite a surprise to see that we'd actually... Imagine we hadn't got him at that time. Imagine we hadn't got Carter Vickers and we'd gone in to that first half of the season, I, I don't think there's any way we would have won the league. No chance. Like, this, it was far too big for us in that first half of the season. I don't know if there was anybody there on the books that could have did the job that he did. Um, I, I really don't think so. But, well, that was Julian. In regards to other people who, who go, it's going to be difficult. Um, I was watching Paul on Celtic Fans TV. He did a, a thing about about the five players that he thought would would go, and but he did also discuss the difficulty in getting guys like Ayeti and Barkas off the wage bill. I mean, you're, you're 
who's going to come in for these guys? They're, they're not exactly they've not exactly covered themselves in glory in terms of what they've done well there at Celtic. You know, Yeti's gone from being what seven million to West Ham to five million to us. Well, what's his, the, the the next fee is not going to be five million. It's going to be half of that if you're lucky, because he's got no body of work to show well he's at Celtic, <laughs> you know, that he's, a, no. that he's a, a prospect and a decent signing. And it's, it's just so strange when you get when you get these anomalies of players that, like, on paper, you think, wow, that's a really good signing, you know, and to think that we could have had Ivan Tony instead, but we got Albion Ayeti. But nobody was that upset about it. Everyone was kind of like, oh, well, this guy could be, could be really good for us and this could be a kind of Chris Sutton-style signing where you we re- regenerate his career and reinvigorate him, but it's just not worked out. And it certainly didn't work out last season either. I mean, again, why was Ange Postacoglu able to, you know, get a tune out of Turnbull and McGregor, Ralston, Beaton, Rogic, all these guys, a Yeti, nowhere to be seen. I mean, obviously he started those first few games and played the pre-season friendlies captain Celtic at one point mm-hmm. in one of those games and then completely falls away back injured again unreliable and just doesn't contribute. So I mean, that, that that's a real tough one I think for for the board is that they've got a real problem here. Like, they, Surely they're not going to pay these guys off. They're not going to do an encham and rip up their contract and the you, you, you wouldn't think so. You you would like to think some of these guys have still got credit in the bank. I'm going to bring up a couple of comments here who mentioned players, and and I'll go I'll go through them. Uh, Retro Celtic, who goes? It's obvious. Barkas, right? Where Barkas? I reckon he's got credit in the bank with teams in Greece. So mm-hmm. you might get a nominal fee for Barkas. And the, the, this is us just. Fantasy football land here, JP. We're, we're not saying I or not. Julian, I think Julian will move probably back to France or maybe low end English Premiership, maybe Championship. Ball and golly, haven't they got a clue where he's going to end up? <laughs> uh, Sorrow, he already attracted attention for MLS. That could be a move for him. I'm going to leave James McCarthy because that's a completely different discussion. Mikey Johnson, again, I think I can see him going out on loan just because of the length of the contract that he's got at Celtic. And I can see him going on loan to another Scottish Premiership club. Maybe even Fleetwood. He might <laughs> end up down at Fleetwood with, with Scott Brown. Dembele, his contract's ended. His contract's end next week. Similarly, he was playing... Uh, at Townhead five aside Astra Turf on Tuesday night, him and his brother. No aye. way. And their mates, aye. My neighbour was on the park next to them. That's wild. There you go. And Ayeti, right? Ayeti for me, I think will get pre season to mm-hmm. prove that he can be worth in the squad. But I do reckon there's money in the bank with Ayeti. Back home in uh, in Switzerland, mm-hmm. I do I do reckon that he's still got enough credit in the bank with clubs in Switzerland that we will get a fee for him if needed. Yeah, well, the Dembele one, 
I I don't see Dembele being a Celtic player next season. I, I mean, I, I, he's not a Celtic player in four days' time. I, I will lie that there's that there is that, but I don't. It, it would be astonishing if all of a sudden we were to announce a picture of, excuse me, Caramoco Dembele holding a strip with, I don't know, three years on the back of it or something like that. Can you really see him getting a a contract this late into? The fact that he's going to be out of contract, I, I just, I just don't see it. It would have been announced by now. I know, I know. It would have been yeah. done and dusted by now. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think, I think he, he could, he could definitely be considered somebody that will go. And do you know what? For all the fanfare about him, I genuinely don't think that um, he's. I, I'm not going to, you know, lose any, uh, lose any sleep over the fact that he'll go. I really don't. I, I, I I've not. I've not seen enough from the guy to make me think, oh, God, we're missing out on somebody here. I, I, we're missing out on somebody. I've said this before. There's been so many times players leave Celtic and they just go on to have sort of fair to middling careers, you know, especially players that go at this time of their career, you know, or at this age. There's just, there's not there's not a huge list of Celtic success, of, of success stories of players that have left Celtic. Celtic will be the high watermark in their career. Like th- those games that he's come on and played at uh, Celtic Park, they're potentially going to be the biggest crowds he'll ever play to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, that's not being disrespectful. It's, it's being a realist, I think. And uh, yeah, you've seen it seen it many, many times that players players go on. He'll maybe have like a half-decent career. And, you know, I'm sure he'll be financially okay, but I don't think he'll ever reach... The, the sort of heights. The one player that I did say I didn't think would be a success was Frimpong. I didn't think Frimpong would cut it, and he's proved me wrong. I, I genuinely thought he would, you know, sort of be a, a bit part player at Leverkusen and not do the not do the not do the business. But fair play to him, he has and been linked with. He's been linked with like he's been linked with Real Madrid or something mm-hmm. like that. I'm sure I'm sure he's been linked with a couple of big sides anyway, which is. To me, is wild because I didn't think he was that good at Celtic. I thought he was all right. But all my days, JP, you admitted that you got something wrong on him. <laughs> <laughs> all my days. Regularly. <laughs> uh, let's have a look at Michael McDonald. Scales. Uh, someday, someday in the comment previously says uh, Scales to go out and loan. Scales stays and proves as a person, a player. He goes on to be a Celtic legend. Scales has Liam Scales has not been seen since that Rafe Rovers game, Hi. Uh, and he yeah. hasn't been out the squad. What do you think about him? He's still a young lad. He says yeah. that he came to play at centre half. He hadn't really played at centre half. He played at left back. Yeah. If the rumours are to be believed, that we are looking for another left back. So, is there is there room for him as a left footed centre half? I mean, I'd like to think so, especially, you know, when he signed and I watched his interview when he signed, I, I was really excited for him because, you know, you could tell that he was, you know, genuinely chuffed to be signing for Celtic and, and it was a big deal for him and it was a big move. It's a huge move to go from where he was playing to, to, to Celtic. And, I, I, you know, I, I certainly like what I've seen of him. I don't think he's... I've seen a few people saying he's absolutely terrible and, you know, he shouldn't be anywhere near a Celtic side, which that is, that is extremely harsh. Um, I mean, and again, it's, it's just, you know, 
social media patter of, uh, I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a sort of groundswell of of hate towards the guy or anything. But um, you know, I think people people want a, a a better quality left back in to challenge Taylor, and I, and I don't I don't disagree with that. I think that's definitely something that should happen in the same way that you've got Juranovic on the right and Ralston on the right. We've got Taylor on the left and nobody else on the left, as was shown in the semi-final where we had to put Stephen Welsh. Or we were, it was like, what was it? Uh, what if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala smart oven, while the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook. Just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala smart oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A.com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala, eat well effortlessly. Tavala.com. Square pegs and round holes in that semi final extra time. We, did Ralston play left and Welsh right? I can't even remember mm-hmm. what happened. That. It was just chaos. And uh, so the left back position is something that needs to be looked at. So if he is a centre half and can play at centre half, then if that's what he's kept there for, who knows? I'd, it just depends on what Andrew Postacoglu thinks of him, I guess, because ultimately it's whether he's got the right character. Did Ange Postacoglu have that conversation with Liam Scales and Ozazi Urugidi? Did he get the opportunity to? They came in. Did they not come in before Postacoglu arrived? Were they not already in the door? Uh, the, the two Sheffield Wednesday guys were. Aye, that's what I mean. So, like, when Postacoglu gets the opportunity to sign somebody, from what I can gather is it's either he's sought the player out or he's presented with the player and then he has a conversation with the player, i.e. Patrick Roberts was a no. You know, he spoke to Patrick Roberts and just decided against that. Spoke to Joe Hart and went, you'll do it for me, and brought Joe Hart in. And, you know, so these conversations he has where he makes a judgment on someone's character... He didn't have those conversations with Liam Liam Scales and uh, 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 Zazie. I, I think Scales was in the pipeline before one yeah. of those one of these overall project signings. Oh yeah, I'm getting mixed up. Liam Shaw, sorry, it was Liam, Liam Shaw. Shaw. Was, I mean, what happened to him? Did he even get a game at Motherwell? I don't even know. Thank you. Got injured. Thank you. Got Did injured they? at Motherwell quite early doors. All oh, right. But I, I, again, I didn't see based on what. We, we hope maybe happens at the club at this precise moment in time. Somebody like Liam Scales, Urigidi, and Liam Shaw, you're going, I can't see a future for you at Celtic. Mm. I, I, I really don't like, can he see that? With, with Scales, I'm going to go back into Scales. Robert Highland comes in and tells us that he's sure that Scales will feature domestically next season. Mm-hmm. I maybe agree with that, but it might be for Motherwell or somebody like that. They might get a loan, they might get a loan deal. Uh, so many Irish fans 
like, I remember when we signed him, so many I, ideas. Oh, I, 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 Comment and going, this guy's a player. You you know, you might not think it, but you've got a player in your hands and all this sort of stuff. And there you go, another D- one. D- Boyle. There, there's loads of them in the comments, and I'm, I'm really quite glad that they're batting the lad up. Uh, Barry Ward reminds me that he put scales played against Bodo Glint, and has they been seen since? Uh, Aye, it's a weird one. We've got a lot of unanswered questions in the squad, eh? and I'm quite glad, glad the person that mentioned Bodo Glint because. See, for them, they're a club for a wee country, but they're shown if, if you do things the right way, you can have moderate success in Europe. Mm-hmm. Edward Diver here at there at Sir, agree, Kev, Bodo or no fluke, they work a certain way, and that's the template we need under Andrew Postacoglu. Mm-hmm. We need to actually have that and start taking scalps again in Europe, which we haven't done for the last couple of years. And as a, here's the other comment there. Aye, this Someday stat, this uh, stat about not having won a knockout round since 2004 or whatever it is, or 2005, that that, that has to be a, a goal and a, and a sort of mission to, to eradicate that, you know, next season, whether it's Europa League or Conference League or whatever, you know, you just, you want to, you want to get that monkey off your back. Jerry McCann makes a very, very good point. Kev, let's be optimistic. We've never had a manager like Ange. And this is where even I've got doubts about going into the Champions League, all my doubts are actually based on previous over recent history, JP. Kev, I mean, where it has been fun. We've had, we've had a great night against Man City, but other than that, getting beat 5 nothing off PSG and 7 nothing away is not fun. But when we play... Kevin was 7-1. Oh, I forgot Dembele scored. Eh? Uh, and, and so, Postacoglu, no, we're going into the Champions League with a manager who's never managed in the Champions League, and we've got to remember that as well. Mm. Uh, strange, strange love the doc, doctor. I'm not entertaining any limitations this season. Just keep at it. Just keep it simple and add the points up at the end of the season and see where we are. Uh, Stephen Kenny, a member of the Grange with number one CSC, trust the process, which seems to be the new keep the faith. Uh, David Bradley, I'm going to bring this up and this. Kev, Ange will need to learn to change it now in the CL or it could be or it could be a heavy humping again. I've seen this narrative quite a few times coming. And David has a point that David has a point that if we try to go toe-to-toe with some of these bigger teams, that it may end up in an absolute... I mean, it may end up in an absolute mess. But I think for what we've learned for Ange Postacoglu, even in Europe this season, and what he called a Champions League group this season, where we ended up with nine points... Uh, as Alistair lost points out, we got more points than Rangers in the Europa League. We were unlucky not to qualify. Martin yeah. Bickett, nine points in the Europa League, wasn't he shabby? Ange Postacoglu will probably point, point to that and point to his record with Australian stuff like that and go, I've been fine doing things my way for 25 years and I'm not going to change now. Mm. No, totally. And, you know, if you, if you said to me that we were going to have games like away to Betis, away to Leverkusen in the Champions League, where we are making a fight of it. You know, say we say we go away to, I don't know, uh, Bayern Munich, let's say. Say we go away to Bayern Munich and we get beat 3-2, you 
I'm 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 okay with that. You know, I mean, at least we're going and you know showing that we can do something. We we got beat three two at Leverkusen. We were winning in that game. We were we not we were two two, two one up two one up, and mm-hmm. we were looking good. I remember watching that in in Gracie's and just being like, wow, this is unbelievable. Well, the goals that we scored as well were really good. Um, what about the double header double header against Ferris Varos? Yeah. Completely outplayed them twice. And yeah, that's exactly. the teams that you're looking at. You're going, well, Ferris Varos. We're in the Champions put, League. They put us out. And then so, made the yeah. Champions League proper. I mean, they, yeah. they obviously got absolutely horsed in the Champions League. I think they finished on zero points maybe in that season. I can't mm-hmm. remember if they got anything. But, you know, we did enough in the Europa League. If, you know, we get slagged so badly for for the European performance this season. That was a team that was very early on in its um, sort of genesis and, uh, you know, still getting to know how each other's played. Um, and, you know, we still managed to put points on the board. So it does augur well for going into Europe next season, but we just we just need to be, we just need the draw to be a bit, a bit kinder, I think, um, as much as as much as I'm saying that, I would really, really love to get Real Madrid. I, I, I said that the other week. There, I, I would just love to see us play them um, because these things they don't come. I mean, it's been five years since we've been in the Champions League. You know, we're not here forever. You know, you want to see these games in your lifetime. You know, and the last time we played Real Madrid was I was one. I think the last time we played mm-hmm. Real Madrid. So. Um, you, you just you just want to have these experiences and experience different cities and going away with Celtic to different cities because there's there's no bigger buzz than being in that away support in a European city, you know, and and having a an, a, an absolute ball in a place where you know um, you've never been to before and you see how the locals react and things like that. Like being in Munich a few years ago for that away game was in that square in the middle of the day. It was just like sunshine and. Got a picture of a, a, an old boy, an old German boy, opening a bottle of wine for my mate Michael, and just, just as I look at that picture, I just think how how great an atmosphere it was, with no trouble at all. Um, aye, that's that's what you want. It is what you want. It's what we're looking forward to. We're back at the top table of European football, and whether we're ready for it or not is <laughs> a, a question that will only be answered when, once, the, once the games kick off. Uh, D. Boyle comes in and goes, come on, Kev, have faith. Aye, we need to have faith, as I say, whether we're ready for the Champions League or not is, is, yet, is yet to be seen. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, Daniel Mack points out that Ange Postacoglu says that, we, that he doesn't own a bus. The urban Kulshe comes in and says we should own a bus rather than using <laughs> Parker Hamilton's. Uh, and Frank Brennan comes in. And Frank's not usually a prophet of doom, but he's sometimes one of the more, more realistic commenters. He says, the harsh realities of football and life in Europe, but most sadly, we are not going to win any kind of European knockout tie next season. The fact is we're starting off as a pot four team in the Champions League tie in, in a Champions League campaign, which means it could be very difficult to get out the group. But Strange of the Doctor actually points out a point that I think all Celtic fans will need to hang on to, that Bodo were in year four of their process, mm-hmm. and we're only in year two of Postacoglu. And why we all got very, very excited towards the end of the season, winning that title, 
I think sometimes we need to have a look at the bit. Uh, we, we need we need to actually look at the bigger picture and go. It could be another wee roller coaster in Europe next year before we actually get it right. I've made a mental screenshot of Frank Brennan's comment there. We will not capital letters not win a European knockout tie next year. Mental screenshot. So that's that's there. I'll remember that because. I don't know. I think I think that could be that could be the, our goal. Like I said, Europa League, Conference League, whatever it is. But to 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 be in Europe beyond Christmas is the first thing, and then the second thing is to to win a tie and then see where that takes us. Because we saw this season that if the dice fall in the way that you want it to, we we beat that Rangers team to in th- over thirty games and they got to a European final. I mean. Is that being lost on people here? Like, and I'm talking about from their side as well. It's it, we 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 were the champions this season in a season where they went to a European final and beat teams like Borussia Dortmund, Leipzig, but they got very fortunate with Braga, I think, and with Red Star Belgrade. Neither of those two teams are, you know, amazing European opponents. So. But hats off to them. The Dortmund and Leipzig results were phenomenal, like the big scalps, um, no doubt about it. But it just, just I think it's about the luck of your draw and, and how, how you progress and how you build up momentum. And our momentum was absolutely popped at home against Bodo. We got beat 3 1. Definitely. You, you, you knew after that game, like, there's no way we are going over there and beating them in, uh, in their home on their home ground where they've. Like had a really good record in recent seasons in Europe, and they were clearly a disciplined side. There's no way we were overturning that result, but that result at home could have gone another way. Um, we could have played better that night. We could have won that game if we'd have won that game at home. The away game's a different story, but it was. It just so happened that, as Ange Postecoglou has pointed out many times, each game that he plays is as 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 its own individual almost like a movie, you know, and the, the ending will change in every game. You know, it's it, it's not always straightforward. And I, I, I think, you know, that game at home could have gone a different way. It didn't. And, you know, that was the end of it. It was the, For me, it was over after that first leg. I, I didn't have any real hope of that second leg. My mate Michael was trying to convince me to go to the away leg the night before, saying, oh, I've got a spare ticket, we'll just, just get a flight. And I was like, Michael, I'm not spending nearly a grand to go to Norway for a day. You know, I'd quite, I'd quite like to go there for like a few days and enjoy the, enjoy the sights, but I'm not going for a day. Um, for, for me, if we would have went across there 2-1 down there was still a chance so the fact is we lost that third goal through yes. a fluky deflection when that deflection 9 out of 10 times that goes out for a shy it goes out for a yeah. bike it, it, it ends up in the back of the net eh? at that yeah. point you're maybe, at that point I was thinking to myself well the football gods have says to us ah, this is yeah. no your time to get through this tie with that ending up into the back of the net sure. eh, but we can only hope for better. Studs Lanigan is pointing out that Frank Brennan is now in JP's little black book. <laughs> uh, uh, is that alongside all your Twitter screenshots? Yeah, I've got a few of them. I, <laughs> you, yeah. you have got a few of them. Drip feeding them into the ether uh, over the last few days. Uh, there's, there's some some ones in there that are, are that have not been published yet. That that honestly, uh, some people should really think long and hard before they post things on Twitter because they always we always come back to bite you. If there's if there's a fifty fifty in, in a in a tweet, then 
you know, it's 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 uh, it, it can come back to haunt you. That's a li- that's a life le- lesson. Lots of people can learn from. Yeah. Kieran, year two, we're at nine months. Hi, we are only at nine months in Ange Postecoglou's reign, and I'm going to end on a real positive note. Dermot Celtic. Some people saying Ange couldn't win the league now, bagging our European champion chances. I trust Ange to build a team for Celtic fans to be proud of and not talk down. We all trust Ange to build up. Uh, we all trust Ange to build that team, Dermot, and that's all that we want. JP, it's been utterly amazing. I've just noticed about an hour and seven minutes. So uh, I told you we just talking nonsense. I knew it. I, there was no, there was no agenda. There was no uh, no agenda. <laughs> no skip. No nothing. Uh, JP brilliant as usual. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Please give us a like and subscribe. Have a great day. Have a nice weekend. And I'll speak to you all next week. See you all later. What's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything, but losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.